BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for today's episode with Timothy. I thought he was really interesting and had a lot of great things to say. I also love the male perspective. I know you guys like to hear from guys too. So I think you're going to enjoy a lot of the wisdom that he shares and make sure to get his book. The link will be in the show notes. Before we get into that, a follower wrote in an amazing idea for this solo before the episode. And it really just trumped all the other questions that came in because it was so good. And I really liked it. She said that she had listened to the episode about the rules revisited with that annoying guy. And she thought it would be cool to hear my thoughts on dating tropes and traditions that are outdated. Like, for example, I now pronounce you man and wife, like hating your mother-in-law, not asking for what you need. A daughter is a daughter all your life and a son is a son until he gets her wife, etc. So I love this. I'll start with the ones that she mentioned. I now pronounce you man and wife. Yeah, I mean, goes without saying like that one can can be thrown out for sure. Hating your mother-in-law. I don't like this either. I love my mother-in-law. I think that this comes from kind of like the old competition that there was, you know, between like women. And I just feel like that's not the case anymore. I also think that, you know, some mothers have like toxic energy when it comes to their sons and like they like get kind of placed at odds with the daughter-in-law, but I think like in 2023 that just happens less and less. And like, you just get ahead of it and you create your own relationship with that person. So I think that's definitely in the past, not asking for what you need. Obviously not a fan of that. You should always ask for what you need. A daughter is a daughter all your life. And a son is a son until he gets a wife. You know, I've definitely heard this one before and it's funny because it's always made me like want a daughter for this reason, but I don't think it's true. I think, you know, at least with Steven's family, like we're very even Steven, no pun intended when it comes to spending time with both his family and mine. I think that if your son marries somebody who might be like a little toxic or maybe you're toxic, you know, like, and the new person that he marries realizes and whatever, then I could see that happening. But I think the bottom line here is that like women, like daughters are more loyal than sons are. But I don't think that it's deeper than that. A 
Okay. Another one is that denying sex is a weapon. I think this is so outdated and so wrong. I don't think that it's a weapon. Like I'm not going to sleep with you unless you do some chores around the house. Like it just doesn't work. I feel as if if I did that to Steven or if he did that to me, it would just kind of turn me off from the idea of sleeping together altogether. Sex is supposed to be, especially when you're married, it's supposed to be like a bonding, like really nice thing that brings you close together in that moment. And when you start to threaten it against your partner, I'd imagine at least with my partner, like he probably wouldn't be turned on. Like it would be hard to turn him on after that because I would have like used sex in a way that makes it unsexy. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's definitely in the past. Okay. This one is funny. Get guys by being one of the guys. This is kind of where the term pick me came from. Just like pretending you're different than all other girls and you're such a guy's girl. This isn't a thing. I think that men love women for their like feminine energy. And sometimes that feminine energy means being a real legit girl who is, you know, kind of crazy or whatever. We want to be emotional, hormonal, whatever's going on, you know? So I don't think that, and I always say like tag doesn't exist that easygoing girl because like she doesn't. And you can try to pretend to be like that to like get a guy, but then like the reality will come out. I feel like women who pretend they don't care about anything, they get taken advantage of. And those are often the women who get themselves in like situationships and stuff like that. So definitely don't try to be one of the guys. Don't have sex until the third date. I mean, you know, I hate this one because I think that's way too early to have sex. I think that you should have sex when you feel close to this person. You feel like they appreciate you. They know you a little bit more. And I think also men, especially the worst kind of men, they almost like expect a third date sex and then their intentions might be just to get to that point and to bail. So I don't, I don't like third date sex. Okay. So then there's the notion of a rebound. I actually don't think a rebound exists. I think that a rebound is kind of our way of making ourselves feel better if it doesn't work out because they got out of a relationship quickly. But I think a rebound, like if we keep saying the word rebound, it's kind of like perpetuating bad vibes because it makes people think that first of all, like they're a rebound. And second of all, that, I don't know, it just, it just takes humans with feelings and it puts them in a box in a corner. And, and I just don't like the idea of a rebound. So I think that's dead. Okay. This is a funny one for men dating women. It's wait three days before contacting them. Absolutely not. If any men are listening, if you wait three days, like we are gone, we are in Oklahoma living our best life, just totally forgetting about you because you waited three days. So now we think that you're not interested. That is something that I don't even know. I guess that existed before 
cell phones. Like I remember my mom telling me a story about someone she went out with calling her like three days later and you would wait by the phone. I guess because we have cell phones that kind of died out, like you're holding your phone right after the date. It's not like you have to go out of your way to access a phone to call them. So if you wait three days, sorry, bro. No. Okay. This one I actually believe to be true still to this day, which is that if you buy them shoes, they will walk away in them. So they'll leave you in the shoes that you bought them essentially. I mean, obviously it's a metaphor, but it is true. Every girl I've been friends with who got shoes as a gift from a guy they were dating before it was official or like before it was serious, they were not into them and ended up leaving. I don't know why that is, but it's just true. Like it's the exact quote is never buy a man a pair of shoes because they will wear those shoes and walk out of your life. I don't know. It's just, it's just true. Okay. We'll end on this one because it's so ridiculous, but it basically says never be a bridesmaid thrice. So according to the superstition, uh, bridesmaids were originally meant to protect the bride from demons, evil spirits, and curses. Bridesmaids looked like the bride. So the ill-intentioned creatures or hexes became confused and the bridesmaids absorbed the nastiness in order to spare the bride. If a woman went through this three times, however, she was believed to have internalized so much evil energy that she would never be able to find a spouse for herself. I mean, this is so dark. I never knew this about the tradition of bridesmaids, but I have to say this is great for me because I haven't been a bridesmaid thrice. I think only twice, but still that's ridiculous. And obviously, you know, that if you have a ton of friends, you should be a bridesmaid and show up for them every time as long as you can. And it's not taking too much out of you. And those are the silly traditions and little troops, troops, tropes that either stay the same today or no longer exist. Anyway, I'm very excited for you to hear this episode with Timothy and can't wait to hear what you think. This next sponsor is legit my best friend. I can't tell you how many times DoorDash has come in in the clutch for me. Right now, I'm obsessed with the Westville Westville kale salad. I get it like once a week, if not more. And it's just been the best. And now after trusting DoorDash to deliver all my restaurant favorites, I can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. If you're missing the syrup from your pancakes or just ran out of your favorite ketchup with DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. It's really amazing. And again, you get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right, which is pretty epic. So you just sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. I'm so happy the DoorDash is now in the grocery game. I feel like we really needed them. They just, they always do it right. And some of the grocery delivery websites and apps, like they just aren't cutting it. So if you want to try DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get 50% off of your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code ACME at checkout. It's a limited time offer and terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20 
no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code ACME. Don't forget that's code ACME for 50% off of your first order with DoorDash. Check it out. Get those groceries and whip up something delish. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with author and artist and of most recent book. I always think it's going to be forever. Did I fucked up the title than that? <laughs> you added a word. Added it's okay. It. It's, it's always, I always think it's forever. I always think it's forever. Yeah. Timothy Goodman, welcome. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you and where are you from? So my name is Timothy Goodman. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, born and raised. Shout out Cleveland Heights, East Cleveland, South Euclid. And I moved here like 19 years ago. So I think that makes me a New Yorker. Mm, uh, it's actually you know, at it's the debatable. 20 year mark. So oh, just no, give it no. one more year. Well, you know, people, some people think if you're not born here, you're never a New Yorker. So. Yeah, no, as a born and raised New Yorker, it's it takes a lot for me to accept another person into the <laughs> okay. native New Yorker. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're definitely a New Yorker. After I mean, five years, I think. I ride, I ride for the city so hard. Yeah. It's such an honor to be. I really wear it on my sleeve like I'm a New York City I mean, artist. you're literally wearing a hat that says New York or nowhere. Shout yeah. out to Shout Liz. Out to, yeah, exactly. So um, I'd say that, that <laughs> solidifies the New York status. But yeah, no, I, I moved here 19 years ago. I went to SVA, School of Visual Arts, for graphic design school. And, you know, I do a lot of things. I... I'm in, you know, you said I'm an artist and an author. I'm a commercial artist. I do a lot of work with brands. Just had a Nike shoe that came out like a month and a half ago with Kevin Durant called the KD15 Timothy Goodman. It sold out on Nike.com, but you can get it at, you know, retail shops or whatever. Amazing. Other, yeah. Congratulations. And I do, a, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I do public art. I write. I, you know, I, I write poems. I post them on Instagram a lot. I share a lot of my life. I do a lot of different stuff. Do a lot of social experiments. Yeah. You know, yeah. Over the years. And I want to talk about all the things. Before we get into that, I know the answer because I've <laughs> seen some of your work, but have you ever been in love? Oh, yes. Four or five times in my Including life. right now. I, in my book, I say, I talk about, I've said, this was before. I said, I've said, I love you four times over the course of 20 years of dating. It's like one, and they've always been in the summer. Always have, I've always, every oh. time I fall in love, it's summer. That was going to be a, uh, that was an alternative title for my book. Yeah. It's just like once every four summers, like the World Cup, baby. So <laughs> I need, I need, <laughs> I need time in between the qualification tournaments. And, you know, then you finally find someone that's your. And that makes it more exciting for you falling in love and also for the World Cup because we're, you know, the anticipation. How many times have you been in love? You know, said it, it's, I mean, it's so it. funny because. Uh, yeah, I've said it a ton. Oh, a yeah. Ton. But looking back now being married, I'm like, oh, I was never in love until yeah. my husband and my first love, I would say. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like yeah. everything in between, 
of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm course. like, oh yeah, that was that was not that. But in the moments, I'm like, it was like I did feel love, and I was just recording with someone else recently, and we're like, if you felt it in that moment, yeah. that qualifies. I think right? it qualifies. I even if you don't want to admit it now, right? Not without having the perspective and the healthy relationship, and that you've advanced and you've you know been you know kind of developed over the years yeah you look back and you're like what really that's not that wasn't real but at the time it was right no it's true but i'm curious of those four times that you said i love you how long were each of those relationships okay so one was a high school okay like the end of high school early well i didn't go to college right away so just right after high school like two and a half years another was in college, Mm -hmm. which was maybe a year. Third one was two and a half years. Mm. Fourth was in the book. My relationship that I talk about and and I always think it's forever was just six or seven months. Well, that's what I was going to get at, right? It's like the six or seven or even less months, month relationships that stay with you way longer than the year or two year relationships. Yeah, they really cut. Because like, you're like, we were still in the good part. Exactly. You were still in that whirlwind of the love affair. Exactly. Like you didn't, you didn't see the dark sides. You didn't have to see them, you know, giving you the ick because of how they talked to their mom in the kitchen, (laughs) you know, like there's like, once you've seen too much of somebody. Yeah, it didn't get real yet. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Even more so, like, forget the I love yous. Just those, like, relationships or those people that you really wanted it to work, whether it was a month or two months. Maybe you had a really strong physical connection with them. And mm. it was a whirlwind kind of, like, love affair. But you maybe you never said I love yous. And then for whatever reason, maybe, you know, especially if they broke it off or, you know, they kind of became aloof or ghosted you or whatever like those ones can stay with you totally for a long it's time like sometimes it's the ones where you're like w- i felt like i was blindsided at the time and mm-hmm. then like you look back and you're like oh no there were so many signs yeah so you're in a relationship now i am i am with tina it'll be two years and april 22nd so cute how yeah. did you guys meet we met because it's a you know it's funny how this will kind of tie in a little segue for you I did this project 10 years ago called 40 Days of Dating, where I dated my best friend. We, I, I put this in quotations. I dated my best friend, Jessica Walsh, who was also a, a colleague. She was a fellow graphic designer. And we, we had always been platonic. And we kind of, we were single at the same time. And there was some curiosity between us, but we didn't really want to fuck up our friendship. But we came up with this wild idea to quote unquote date each other for 40 days as an experiment, as like a catalyst to learn more about our relationship problems. Now, at the time, 10 years ago, I was a much different kind of a person. I was still just starting my career in New York. I was a commitment phobe. I was a little bit, you know, I was kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. I still call, I call myself a recovering misogynist. And I think most straight men in this country if they need, if they really look at the mirror, especially like the media we consume, right. everything we kind of, the way we've been kind of socialized and conditioned, we're all recovering misogynist or actively being misogynist. So, you know, at the time I was like that a little bit. And, but I knew that something wasn't right. Anyways, 
she was the exact opposite. We were very stereotypical. She wanted someone to settle down when she'd go on two good dates and she was like ready for the one. Right. So we came up with this wild idea to quote unquote date each other as a means to learn more about this stuff. So we came up with a set of rules. Like we would, you know, go to couples therapy together once a week. We'd see each other every day for the 40 days. We'd fill out this whole form we we kind of created of like all these questions. And we documented the whole 40 days with video, writing, illustrations, and we made a blog out of it. This is like a hundred internets ago when a blog still meant something and could maybe go viral. And we also the way we did it was we rolled it out weekly, or I'm sorry, daily, we rolled it out. So people were like, reading it daily and catching on to the story. And it went kind of like completely viral. And we got a, we wrote a book about the experience and we optioned the story to Warner Brothers at the time to be a movie. And it was just though we were like on the NPC Today show, it was wild. And anyways, so I did that project. Back then, maybe it was like right after it was done, I was meeting a friend at a coffee shop in Williamsburg and she had a friend of hers, this woman, Netta. And I met her briefly, like five or 10 minutes. Lovely person. And that was it. Never saw her again. Cut to March of 2021, two years ago, roughly. I get a DM out of nowhere. I think I was like, show, I was showing my art studio on Instagram. I get a DM from this woman, Netta. And she's like, hey, Tim, I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember me. We met like 10 years ago because of our mutual friend and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh yeah, of course I remember you. Like, whoa. She's like, yeah, I've been following you on Instagram ever since. I was like, oh my God. And she was like, anyways, I saw you post about your art studio. My sister just quit her corporate job at HBO and she's a painter and she's an artist and she's trying to do this full time. And she's looking for an art studio. And she's looking, you know, she was, so I was wondering, like, are you looking for any studio mates or whatever? And I was like, no, like, I don't have, I already have someone. We don't have any more room. I was like, but this building, you know, the building I'm in has a lot of artists. I was like, so, you know, no, I don't have any room, but how are you? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. And, and that was it. And then like, we talked for a little bit, whatever. She's like, oh, I have all these dinner parties. I'll invite you over sometime. And then like two days later, I was like, wait, who's her sister? And I wrote, I literally just DI. I was like, wait, who's your sister? Like winky phase. And then she sent me her Instagram and the rest is history. Wow. We, that's so cute. We went on like a first date, like a couple, maybe three or four weeks after that. She was like in LA at the time. And we met when she got back. And then it was like really like love at first sight. It's that's incredible. so cute. I love yeah. that. So does she take credit, the Netta? Yeah, for sure. As mm -hmm. she should. Right, right. Of course. <laughs> but you know, she she definitely was like at the time, I don't think Tina, my girl, like I don't know if she thought like she knew that Netta was being such like a matchmaker. And then right. she was trying to be like, Oh uh, no, it's just like I'm trying to get you an art studio. Right. But now right. Netta's very much like, Oh, I was like you were everything that Tina was always describing that she wanted. Yeah. Oh, what and a good so. sister. Yeah. That's really so, cute. But it's wild how it kind of ties into this story of this dating project I did 10 years ago. Wait, that, so you said it was optioned. Yeah. What did it become? It Nothing. It hasn't become anything. Okay. It's been optioned <laughs> like three or four times yeah, over the last 10 so years. so annoying. Yeah. It was like with Warner Brothers. Right. It was with Warner Brothers. Then it was another studio, STX. Then it went back to Warner Brothers. Then it was with Netflix. 
we thought maybe that was going to be and then i don't know what's well it, sh- it should be something because it's a, it's it an should. awesome thing what is your love language is it physical touch mine is how about time together with your partner People get turned on in all sorts of ways. Dipsy has invented a whole new love language with sexy stories for whatever mood you're in. These stories can be taken in via audio or you can actually read some of their erotica as well. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. You can discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories that you can read. They have new content released every week, so you never have to get bored or you can continue listening to your favorites over and over again because let's be honest, we all have favorites. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash Acme. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or to heat things up with a partner. That's dipseastories.com slash Acme so that they know that you came from this podcast. Enjoy. Did you ever think that you like would actually end up with your friend? I kind of have this theory because women sometimes will reach out to me. They'll be like, oh, I really want to like be more than friends with my guy friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Like, And I'm like, no, nah, because he would have made the move like you would know for yeah, sure. Yeah. If he was more into you than a friend by now. I hate to say it, but it's a double standard. If it's reverse. I think that, you know, the guy could probably get himself out of the friend zone. Mm. But I think like (laughs) if you're being treated as a friend by a man. Yeah. There's a reason. I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. I mean, I think with with Jessica specifically, I don't think it was quite that. I think it was much more of like. Here's this person that I love as as a friend. And because we had always been in relationships or whatever at the time, and we had this friend group. And I knew how much at the time she like, I was not being serious about relationships at that time. She was. And so there was a sensitivity to that where I didn't really want to like, I didn't know what my intentions were, nor I just didn't think I was ready. I didn't want to be, I wasn't mature enough to be in something real at the time. And I didn't want to like fuck anything up, you know? And I didn't want to like, I don't know, like if I did something and then I was like, I don't know, I just felt really sensitive to that. And so I didn't, I wasn't really, I was like really curious, but I didn't want to screw up a friendship. I knew how much these things meant to her. And so I was just, but I don't know, maybe that's all bullshit. Were you sleeping together? We did in the project. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we actually didn't sleep together that many times. It's all documented. <laughs> I don't even remember. And the couples therapy was yeah. just because you wanted to find your blind spots when it comes. to Yeah. Dating. Yeah. We thought it would be a really interesting kind of. But but it was also in some ways it helped in some ways it hurt because it's like, first of all, you're with a friend. You're like, quote unquote, trying to date right away. So it's not natural. Right. 
And then at the same time, you would never kind of go to couples therapy together, like right, a, right from the jump in right, a relationship. So, but at the same time, it really kind of like helped us kind of unwrangle some of these. Things. Do you think it would have been like that much more impactful if it were somebody that you had organically met and like both wanted to date each other from the get go? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know if we would have been able to make the project what it was, though. Mm -hmm. You know, both of us really kind of were like gung ho about like making like really going all out right. on, this pro on this experiment. Yeah. And then the way we like because we did it and it was super personal and it was super laborsome, like emotionally. Yeah. And then afterwards, we were able to kind of like detach ourselves from the content of what happened and like make the project like brand the project yeah like with the website and the way we put because you you read her on the left and me on the right on each day and you get to see how like she her point of view and my point of view and like the way we did all the videos and the crap just i wouldn't have never been able to do that with without with anybody else but her yeah and vice versa like we just complimented each other as like collaborators so well so i don't know it's a hard thing to kind of say yeah well but, and she and i went back and we did several other social experiments we did this other social experiment called 12 kinds of kindness like maybe two years after 40 days which were like you know there's like 138 different kind of like 12 step programs in the united states but none deal with your own like selfishness or apathy mm. and so we like did we created this kind of like system of like 12 steps to like kind of learn more about our own selfishness and so we did all these kind of different prompts like I met my biological father for the first time ever based on one of the prompts. Oh, wow. And wow. kind of documented. We didn't document it in any like super, yeah. um, we didn't like, exploit him or anything. It wasn't like I filmed me meeting him or something, sure. but it was more about like the journey and like what it meant. Mm -hmm. Why this has been this kind of like backdrop to my entire kind of like life, like not meeting him and, you know, and feeling abandoned and all these kind of things. So we yeah. did a lot of, a lot of kind of difficult things yeah wow i have to i have to read all about that that sounds fascinating yeah we and you know i talk about that a lot in my book you know something over the years i've really like discovered about myself is i have like an attachment disorder i have something my therapist calls an abandonment depression you know the way i deal with like a breakup specifically cuts me so much deeper and it takes a lot for me to kind of like get over these sort of things which you know i can look back now and be like oh no wonder I had such like a, uh, like a, I put up such a guard, you know, in my 20s about dating and love is because I was just completely like scared. I was a scared little boy and I didn't have the tools. Because I think a lot of men in the society don't have the, the language or the tools to kind of like be more proactive about diving deeper into your traumas, into your mental health and how that affects all sorts of relationships. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, guys like, just don't believe in therapy, most straight men. And I know, and it's kind of remarkable in 2022. Right. You, you would think, think you would think people, men, it's it's really unsad because we we don't think we we're so binary. Like you can be masculine and you can go to therapy. You can be masculine and you can ask for help. You can be masculine and you can cry. You can, you know, and these things aren't binary and we can really i don't know they, it shouldn't discredit you you know right and so if anything you know even my my new book i talk a lot about this like i hope i can just be like uh, one example of what it means to kind of coexist and 
doesn't threaten me at all. You know? Right. Well, you actually, you said something on Instagram that I screenshotted that I wanted to talk to you about. Let's see if my phone decides to be cooperative today. But in the meantime, okay, here we go. You said broken boys become broken men. So I go to therapy. I ask for help and I share my story. And then you say my new book is a case study about going after love. And at the core of that are the examples we see as kids and the way men socialize love and relationships. Mm -hmm. To choose vulnerability over aggression or apathy is completely contradictory to the attitudes and postures we adopted as young boys, at least where I'm from. Showing up for love for someone else is about showing up for yourself first. So this I loved, by the way, just the way that you put it. I assume that this has somewhat to do with you being the recovering misogynist that you said. Yeah. So what were your steps in recovery? <laughs> Always recovering. You know, just really believing in the idea of, of therapy over the years. I've had a therapist. I've talked about this a lot. You know, I've had a therapist since college. Same guy. He's really like my Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting. Like, yeah. I fucking love this man. I've turned his therapy office into a spoken nightclub many times where I'm like standing up and reading these poems I write mm-hmm. and like you know especially when I'm like really going through it because I, 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 I write a lot when I'm going through it and so yeah I think you know having a consistent kind of like support system over the years will break down all that armor you build mm-hmm. and once you realize that you don't need that armor that it's actually so beautiful to feel raw and human and to be okay with being so vulnerable. You just want it more. Yeah. And you just want, and also, you know, like once you start to understand the intersections of all this shit, especially for someone like me as, as a straight cis white man, like when you start to understand, like, like for me, it's like, cause I grew up in an all black neighborhood until I was 12. Right. So like, I always understood like, or thought I understood more about like the plights of like racism and stuff because I had like all black friends and still have a lot of black friends and people and friends of color and stuff like that. And a lot of gay friends. And once you start to, and then you start to see like, oh, this shit, like how things affect women or women of color, disabled people. And like all these things, all these intersections, they're all in, in kind of concert of white supremacy and all these things kind of intersect. And then you're like, wait, well, how am I playing into this? If I can start to like own up to my own implicit racism in the world, why can't I own up to my own implicit sexism and misogyny and homophobia, like all of these things. Yeah. And I don't have to feel like just, you know, just unlearn. Just, right. And it's not really like a big deal to me. Yeah. But it's interesting to me though, that your therapist is a man. Mm. I wonder if that is something that you would suggest if you know there's a, a man listening who's hesitant to therapy, that they see a man or that they see a woman, and I'm and I'm mm. fascinated that seeing a male therapist helped you deal with your misogyny. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, I don't know. It's hard for me to to say that for sure. I can only speak from my own lived experience with it. Some men maybe seeing a woman will help in a different way. Maybe for some men it's just going to be easier to open up to another man. Yeah. Maybe in fact, it's harder to open up to another man right. for some men, you know? So it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing to kind of say, I think it's really about the individual. It's the same way with like 
doctors and stuff like i can imagine like for everybody it's just different based on their gender and like who they like gotta you know yeah what they feel comfortable with. what what your already like lived traumas are based on any sort of gender mm-hmm. is gonna play into right. to this shit too yeah so i don't you know i have to ask when's your birthday i'm a cancer uh, of course i'm a little bit on the cusp of gemini i have a lot of gemini in my chart mm-hmm. i think that's what like i'm venus like i like change yeah in a lot of ways but i also like to like be in my sweats and be at home and be like yeah so What's, but it's why mm-hmm. i feel like i'm also like a scorpio moon like i have a lot of water right so Emotional. shit gets deep for me sometimes yeah yeah yeah, for sure <laughs> yeah. what's, what's tina what's yours oh wait tell me tina's first T- tina's a leo oh very cool so it's we it's very interesting i'm i'm much more sensitive to her mm-hmm. in a lot of ways yeah. than her in some ways not of course but she's easy like we could get into something and like she can like brush that shit off right away and i'm yeah. a little bit like wounded yeah and i'm like bruised yeah and i'm like baby i need some like like words of affirmation so like uh-huh. you know what i mean so yeah yeah <laughs> um i'm a libra mm. my husband's a cancer so i understand them well yeah i love a libra my grandma's a libra <laughs> amazing a lot of libras amazing yeah so what do we do about <laughs> what do we do about the next generation of men? Like what first of all, how do we as women, because most mostly women listen to this podcast, like how do we get that vulnerable side of them? How do we get them to stop being scared? You know, so many women are convinced that like, okay, there's so many times that like you go meet the family of mm-hmm. your significant other yeah. and then like you come back and it's a breakup. And like that happens to so many women, right? Is that like a thing? Like kind of. It's like, it's, you know, it's like a a relationship marker. Mm -hmm. And so then that person's like, oh, maybe they were just scared. Like it got too serious too fast. And Mm -hmm. most of the time that's bullshit. And they're just not that into you. Yeah. yeah, But, you know, sometimes (laughs) based off what you said about your 20s, it could be true. You know, they could be scared or they could be dealing with abandonment issues or their attachment style or whatever. So... I guess it's like, what do we, what do we do? Like, what do we say to those women? What can they do? Well, I think just to go back to, it's like, yes, these men could be dealing with these sorts of issues. They, they probably are in a lot of ways because they're so like kind of, so many men are repressed in these kind of ways. They're just not developed. At the same time, that doesn't mean that they also don't just don't think this person is right. You know, I think for me too, like so often I look back and I either like, chose relationships or chose partners that were just so wildly not right for me or I would like I don't know I I could just see because I always just equated a relationship because of like the way I grew up like I grew up in a broken home I grew up with an abusive stepfather I grew up with another stepfather I never knew my real father I was always searching and I just saw two people in the house to grown adults who are not in love or not showing affection, not showing a real communication. And so, of course, as I got older and I'm a teenager in my 20s, I started to equate a relationship or love as like, you know, some sort of inevitable downfall or like a weakness, you know, that would just lead to divorce and heartache. And like, I was like, fuck that, you know, like I'm too good for that or whatever. So I had this armor. And so I think a lot of, I don't even know if it's gendered. Like a lot of people just really are dealing with kind of things like that from seeing parents, you know, not showing love or affection. So I think it's important to kind of like 
always ha- like that should always kind of be in the background. But as for, you know, what to do, you know, read my book. It's a really great, yeah, <laughs> yeah. buy my book, slide mm-hmm. the man in your life copy send it to him randomly on amazon be like how did i get this book i don't know Mm -hmm. it sounds great though you should read it but it's a it's a hard question i'm not a you know i'm not a researcher i'm not a a scientist or a psychiatrist i'm just an artist yeah who i'm expressionist you know and i'm trying to live you know show i'm just interested in being human with my art and seeing and being seen and talking about these difficult things it's hard for me to give like advice no, in no, any real real way about like you know the future of this generation of men it's 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 a question mark for me you know do you think and like this might be a little bit general but like I, I, i'm trying to say it's like figure out how to phrase this delicately but like do you think that let's say like I'm a girl in my 20s uh-huh. right and i meet a guy and like he his parents had like a a bad divorce, you know. Do you think that like I should instead go for someone whose parents have a good marriage mm. at that age? <laughs> right? Because But is this guy in therapy? Per- is this guy no, open to no, therapy? No, 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 not even close. No. Then I don't I really I well, here, here's what's going to break it, right? Do all the women going on the dates when they ask the question, do you go to therapist? Are you open to therapy or whenever that comes up? And the man is unequivocally against it or won't do it. That's all you need to know. Walk away. And if all the women do that, men are going to start to get their shit together. Really? Okay. Because like, at, especially when you get in your 30s. Yeah. If you're seeing men, like if there, if there's like, because you know right away if there's like these touchy points with a guy or whatever, like they're being weird about this. And, and if they're not open to therapy, I just think that like, I don't know. It's it says volumes, you know. Right. And I think that like if all women were like or you know kind of rallied against but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, kinda... let's do it. Ladies, <laughs> let's fucking do this. But also what is the me- media that your this man is consuming? You right. know, if he's if it's like if barstool sports and Joe barstool Rogan. Barstool sports and he's watching Joe Rogan all the time <laughs> Run. and football Run. and you know, gangst like whatever the hell it's like and all he watches is good fellas and shit. It's just like, all right, like, is he is there any media written for about women that he's ever consuming? Is he open to the ones you like? Will he right. read a book? Will he read All About Love by Bell Hooks? Will he read Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay? Will he read, you know, I don't know. Like, will he read some Toni Morrison? Will he watch a documentary about these people? Right. Like, you know, there's ways, I think, with media, you know, is he listening to Fiona Apple and you know like can you get him to like show you know show him a documentary I don't know like how what is the media we're consuming because that is like socializing our condition nonstop. I think yeah that's very true I know I like force my husband to watch Real Housewives with me Mm. sometimes which is not probably the best (laughs) the best road to go down when I want him to look at women in a in a better light no that's good okay so what's your favorite page of your book my favorite page what if i don't remember the page number it doesn't have to be the page number oh, okay. just like what it says well by heart i don't know if i can recite just like your, <laughs> it does, yeah just your favorite like you're opening your book to someone i don't know you know like the intro is a lot of fun for me it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. kind of 
like you open it up, there's like a little introduction, but then before chapter one. So my just to give you a quick like qualify, like there's 16 chapters and each one goes through the whole, like a whole love affair from beginning with attraction to to love all the way to the heartbreak to, you know, shock and depression and, you know, anger. And then all the way back up to like hope and what it means to kind of like, you know, show up for myself through this whole one year, uh, this journey, how I went to Paris for six months and and had this love affair. And then the whole thing kind of went to shambles. But right away, you know, I have an introduction and then you open and it's a graphic memoir. So it's filled with charts and art and poetry and journal entries for this whole year. But when you open it up, there's this kind of like these this four page chart. I won't explain the art that's on it, but what it says is like, Sex in a City once proclaimed that you only get two great loves in your life. I've had four. Does that mean I'm lucky or I'm doomed? And I go, I think great love should be counted the way the Basketball Hall of Fame inducts their nominees. A player must be fully retired for at least four full seasons. So you see, there's no way that Amy can be counted as a great love. It just hasn't been that long. And they go, uh, yes, I just wrote a whole book about our relationship. And then it starts at chapter one. That's amazing. And that goes back to what we were talking about yeah. with like, you know, it doesn't matter the length of the relationship. Like it could affect you harder yeah, than any other. Exactly. But but I do believe in the season thing. Like I mm. I would never have agreed to marry my husband if we had not been together for all four seasons. Like like actual seasons, like fall, actual summer. Seasons. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But really, just like I said, seasons like four full seasons. Yeah, of yeah, 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 basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. But yeah, that's good. But, that's interesting. But I think that um, you. I don't know. I mean, are you thinking about not to put you on the spot, no, but like your future with oh with of course we, we've yeah. talked about marriage since like literally the first week right <laughs> but she's gonna go to she's going to grad school for get her mfa and we're just taking her there's no because people are all like it's interesting like people see a happy couple like on social media or something and they're like when are you gonna pop the question when are you gonna when are you gonna marry this chick it's just like what what does that even mean like tina like she's actually a little bit more resistant to it than i am right because it's just like i don't know that doesn't define our happiness just because it's like now Two. you're my wife or you're my husband. like yeah so we're just kind of like we like to question everything we're kind of like well what yes for the party we want to have a party with all the people we love and we want to go somewhere cool and we want you know tax reasons and all these things sure, sure. <laughs> but it's like i don't know no, but that's a huge issue with society. They like do not think a couple is happy if they are together. But yeah, we're like, what's wrong? Or it's, immediately, yeah. it's like the guy is like, why aren't you asking her? Or like, right. Whatever. And it's like, right. Of yeah. course, like no one would think it was Tina. No yeah, one yeah. ever. Yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of that, too. But only if I know that like the woman, let's say, because that's the side I usually know about really wants it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, then I'm like, well, if she really wants it, he knows she wants it and he's dragging his feet. Yeah, that's, that's totally different. That's different. But like, I would never just like project my own like, oh, this couple needs to be married. I don't even know them. But like, <laughs> they're clearly unhappy if yeah. they're not. And Tina's, because it's interesting, like Tina's family is a little different. Like her sister, for instance, has been with her fiance and they have a baby for many years, but they're not married. Yeah. And they have no real like plans on when this marriage is ever going to happen. Yeah. And like her sister isn't married. Like they're kind of all like 
yeah so she's a little like non-traditional i guess yeah i love that yeah so. all right i'm gonna ask you some rapid fire let's do whole it. questions how long so, have you been married a year actually we celebrated oh. our one year anniversary this weekend oh congratulations thank you that's thank so exciting you. okay you've been on 10 dates you've met their friends but no acknowledgement of valentine's day is that a red flag no big deal or is the relationship doomed <sighs> I want to say it's definitely not doomed. It's definitely not a big, not, not a big deal. I'm hesitant to say it's immediate red flag. I think the red flag comes, you need to talk about it, bring it up mm. and ask like, oh, so Valentine's Day, what'd you do? Sure. What's up? And then you'll kind of get your answer. Oh, How yeah. they respond. Yeah. I think it's really going to be kind of, the determining because you never know they could be like who knows it could be a million things it could be oh my god like i met like i really want to celebrate i had to work all like for 23 hours oh you're nice oh but you're who knows? nice i'm but, yeah. i'm done with this person <laughs> they don't live like under a rock they... i'm trying to think from a man like a straight man's point of view like if i was really into a woman and she did that to me yeah i'd be pissed yeah but but I wouldn't, it wouldn't, because we're gendering it too, like you would think the man would be Right, like, exactly. And exactly. I would, yeah. yeah. But if she like, maybe even on that way where I was like trying to make plans and she was kind of being elusive or something, I would be, yeah, there'd be a major red flag. Yeah, for sure. So you think immediately done? Immediately done. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I, I take back everything I said. <laughs> okay, your significant other is not close at all to their very sweet family. Normal to be turned off. No. Okay. Would you be? A little bit. I'd I would be, have questions. Yeah, I, I turned off is the wrong yeah. word. I'd be extremely I mean, curious. I would want to know. I'd be very curious. Why? I guess, yeah. Without trying to pry. Right, course, right, right. Never know. There would be something that I don't know. who knows what's behind that yeah, quote unquote exactly, sweet exactly. family. It's like, okay, I don't know how familiar you are with dating apps, but are yep. hinge standouts usually out of your league? I don't think anyone's ever out of anyone's league. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I could have predicted your answer. Who the fuck is like whatever. Yeah, like Emily Ratajkowski is dating Eric Andre. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Is that it, happening right now? That's happening right yeah. now. And she was yeah. dating Pete Davidson. Yeah. What do you think about Pete Davidson? I think he's hot. Mm. I do. Yeah. I mean, I think I think he doesn't like he doesn't strike me as the commitment type. But I think he's hot. I think he's like that guy who's just like so fun. Yeah. And like all these people are like dating him after they get out of a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he clearly is like a good lover. I think he's a good guy too. Yeah, he's and probably a good like, guy. And a these good people guy. like you're dating Kanye who's just like or whatever. Yeah, or you're no, dating whoever. Awful. This guy who cheated on you or whatever. Sure. And, and it's like he's just kind of this like good hearted like quirky. Like what you fun. see is what you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel pressure to have crazy sex when you're first starting to sleep with a potential partner? I think everybody probably does. Yeah. 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 And then you kind of got to figure out. Yeah. You just. Yeah. Yeah. And then you you lean into your routine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Your significant other pulls out. Imagine you're the girl in the scenario. His phone during romantic Valentine's Day dinner. So you pull out your phone uh-huh. to text your mom a photo of your food. Yeah. Is that so cringe or kind of <laughs> cute? It's cringe to me unless your mom, unless his mom is like 
some sort of incredible cook or in like this thing. Like would appreciate it for some reason. Reminded her or something that that she would make. Right. Or she's a fucking cooking critic. Right. So there needs to be like, what? Like, why Mm -hmm. are you just, yeah, no. Yeah. Also like, don't take out your phone during dinner unless you have a food blog yourself. Yeah. Do you, do you (laughs) blow your nose in the shower? No. Really? No, I've never blown my nose in the shower. Okay. In a, you should try it. In a long-term relationship, when was your first major fight or disagreement with significant other? Three to six months, six to 12 months, one to two years, or after two years? Like major fight? Sure. Or is that what you... What, what yeah, major, your, major. Six to 12. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think? I don't know. What also, do you like, consider major? Yeah, I mean, I think major is just like, it's not about like yelling or something. It's just more about like, like a fundamental like a fundamental like yeah, discussion yeah, yeah. about who are you what am i who am i right. where are you going yeah, where am six i going to 12, six to twelve like what it, yeah like yeah money all okay. these things money okay. is like i did this thing for bank of america like i never like i didn't realize that like so many divorces end because of money oh my because God, yeah. couples don't first of all they don't talk about money until yeah. like, then it's like suddenly and then yeah everything some marriages, most marriages don't end up happening because of money after the engagement. And what, like with what, the prenup conversation, things mm-hmm. like that, like people cannot move forward. Okay. At what point is it appropriate to text red hearts one month, two months, three months, or only when official? Text red hearts? Oh, yeah. After, a ta- after just anything? Yeah. I'm always texting red hearts. Really? I love a red heart. What do you mean? In the beginning? Like if I'm just like, what, have a great night. Talk to you later, red heart. Yeah. I feel like I'd feel like that was like love bomby. Oh, interesting. A red heart? I'd be like, he's loving me already. So Tina, she 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 actually just brought this up the other day. She was like, remember when you called me my love? I called her my, I said my love. Oh yeah, that and was, she was like, me. She was like, remember you called me that like after like three weeks or something? I was like, I know, but like we were so serious already. And she's like, you're true. Yeah, you're right, I guess. But yeah. she was like, she she was like, she she went, I think she was a little like, whoa. Yeah, 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 totally. Have you ever told someone they remind you of their ex? No, that's, don't, don't do that. Wait, I meant to say your ex. <laughs> Wait, but, what? Like, have you ever told someone they remind you of your ex? Yeah, like if you were told... Like a partner, yeah, yeah, like yeah. You remind me of my ex. Yeah, that's a bad thing. To it's say. horrible. That's right? horrible. Yeah. No, no. Oh my god. Um, is it okay? I mean, I, you know, if it's like if something's like down the road, yeah, like this happened with with me and Tina. So I said, no, I wasn't really. I was talking about like we were watching something. This guy made this furniture or whatever. I was like, babe, you want me to make you furniture? I was like, would that like turn you on? And she was like. Well, and she was like, oh, my, my college boyfriend did that for me or whatever. Yeah, that's But fair. that's different. That yeah, was that's like, very different. Yeah. That's very different. Amazing. Can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice? Maybe it's something from the book. Maybe just something that you like to say that would help our listeners. I don't know. You know, if you're feeling heavy, like you got to think about what what's the shit that's weighing you down. And then you got to think about how to get rid of it. You know, and I just think that that's something that I've been thinking a lot about these days. You know, how do I be of service to other people, to my community and to myself. And if you kind of look at everything critically, you know, you can kind of weed a lot of things out. Sometimes that's a certain kind of a relationship, a certain kind of person, 
certain kind of job or so how do we actively work towards removing the things that aren't serving us so i don't know it's a question more yeah i like that and then you can start to do some inner work if you're listening to this episode get out that pen and paper (laughs) and write down what's weighing you down love it where can everybody find you follow you and read your book you can follow me on instagram very active on instagram at timothy goodman i do have a tiktok in the last six months at by timothy goodman trying to be more active or you can catch me on the streets of new york maybe putting up a mural somewhere or drawing on a sanitation truck love it and we can buy your book through your instagram you can buy my book i always think it's forever you can find it at any local bookstore Barnes and noble amazon you can order online i'm also i'm doing a lot of events maybe some more events coming up in the future but yeah you can kind of find the book anywhere online or at any store thank you so much yeah thanks for having me note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.